0: to bring you stories, lessons, and messages that will help you master your mind, body, and spirit. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Good day, everybody. Happy 4th of July, and uh, happy Canada Day to all you Canadians a few days ago that I didn't shout out. Because I should, because I am Canadian, Um, and I am in America. So you know what? I'm a man of the world, and uh, it's great to celebrate being alive no matter what day it is. And I hope that you're doing it with friends and family. We have an amazing episode for you. We have Thomas Hubel. And uh, he is a teacher, the founder of the Academy of Inner Science, and we've entitled this one Mysticism and the Science to Inner Development. Uh, Thomas is kind of a big deal. He's pretty amazing. He's done a lot of stuff in his life. Um, So you're definitely going to want to check out this episode. It's a two-parter. So we explore in this one, how do we have inner peace and connect with God? What mysticism is? Why your body is thousands of years old? Developing spiritual intelligence, knowledge-based versus potential based education, collective trauma agreements and how they affect your life, and so much more. So that'll be all in part one. Um, I want to thank everyone who has been supporting the podcast. If you like the spot, this podcast, and it helps you, please go over to Patreon and support for as little as a buck. You can go to patreon.com forward slash Matt Belair. And I want to thank all my patrons and Patrick Crandall who took action to support the show. I want to thank you so much for that. Um, Please share. Shares are pure gold. Reviews are pure gold. And the most important thing that you can do if you want to support this podcast, if it has helped you at all, is just do one kind action today. And if you can do it for 21 days or you can do it every single day of your life, that'd be great. Just hold the door open. Say a kind word. Write a letter. Pick up a piece of trash. Let somebody in in traffic. Um, That is really the magic right there in the absolute best way that you can support the podcast um i want to thank my podcast sponsors which are sync tuition which are 3d binaural beat gamma wave brain wave entrainment tracks they are futuristic they are state-of-the-art and you can get three free tracks if you go to bit.ly forward slash gamma waves Imperium, which is the best organic supplements out there. You can get a free $50 gift card on whatever. Uh, Just go bit.ly forward slash activate health. Um, For those of you guys who want coaching, I just recently got feedback on one of my coaching calls. They're like, you know, I wanted to reach out to you forever, but it was intimidating because I didn't, you know, want to think that uh, what I was working on was mundane or whatever. And this... This client of mine was like amazing. She's like such a baller. So I was like, really. Um, but most of the time, you know, we're all where we are, and we're dealing with human life stuff, and that's a that's basically the biggest part of it. So you know, if you want to level up, if you want to, you know, live a life that you're passionate about, and learn how to create that, learn how to identify your passions, learn how to get through the sludge. Um, you don't need to be at a high level. You can be at any level, but you just need to be um, committed to basically wanting to create a life that you're passionate about so if that interests you i can definitely help so don't be intimidated um yeah you can reach out at forward slash coaching And if you're a high-level CEO type and you really want to level up as well and learn all about these peak performance, flow state, consciousness, uh, stress reduction for you and your staff, then go to mattbelair.com forward slash coaching as well. And I also do some hardcore 90-minute sessions to break through any limiting beliefs, blocks, things like that. So you just need to hit me up and I am happy to hook it up. Uh, Make sure to go to mattbelair.com to get to the email list and forward slash lucid dreaming if you want the lucid dreaming uh, ebook and guided hypnotic meditation. So that is it. So before we get into it, let's just come to a peaceful state of uh, coherence, love and gratitude. And we'll just do three deep breaths, filling ourselves up with that. So wherever you are, just stop whatever you're doing and taking a deep breath in through your nose. Holding that breath and just setting the intention to come to peace, coherence and gratitude. Let that breath out slowly with all the cares and all the worries of the day. Taking another deep breath in through your nose hold that breath and just really double the feeling of gratitude just one thing that you're grateful for maybe it's for having a vehicle or a roof over your head or a good friend or your family or your partner or just having a job or being indoors anything a parent just something you're really grateful for and let that breath out slowly with all the cares and all the worries of the day Take in one more deep breath in through your nose and really just amplify this feeling of love and gratitude. And I want you to send that feeling out to all the people you've ever met, your friends, your families, your enemies. And I'm sending you all of my energy, my support, my gratitude, my encouragement, all of my good vibes. And just send your energy out to the entire world. And I want to see you to imagine that energy touching every being here and coming back to you magnified a million fold like a tidal wave. And just let that energy into the center of your heart. As you continue this breathing, I'm sending you that energy now and just allow yourself to feel love and gratitude and contentment for yourself, knowing that you are connected to all life, connected to spirit and connected to earth, and that you are worthy, coherent, loving, amazing, outstanding, just as you are. So there we go. We are ready to get into part one with the outstanding Thomas Hubble. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Master Mind, Body, and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. Today's guest is a visionary teacher, innovator, and founder of the Pioneering Academy of Inner Science, which promotes the study of the principles of mysticism and human inner development. Originally a student of medicine and science, he took a radical departure into the exploration of mysticism, including a four-year meditation retreat. For the past 15 years, he has dedicated himself to the systematic exploration of mysticism, gaining insights into how mystical knowledge can help fill in the gaps in science. Founded in 2008, the Academy of Inner Science is a unique institution with a distinctive approach to exploring consciousness, evolution, and the junctures between mysticism and science. He has worked with tens of thousands of people worldwide in his workshops, retreats, and multi-year study programs, and has collaborated with luminaries in related fields, such as philosopher Ken Wilber and three-time Nobel Prize nominee, Scylla Elworthy. Welcome to the show, Thomas Hubel.
1: Thank What's you. up, Thomas? Hey.
0: How did it's, I do on the last name?
1: Very good. Very good. Oh. So you're learning German. It's so, a so free German class.
0: Yeah, slow, slow progress. Well, I'm, I'm excited to talk to you. I was introduced to you by some of your team that uh, listened to the podcast, and I got to look at your work, and you've been doing a tremendous amount of work for a long time. I'm really excited to dive into all the amazing things you're doing, so why don't you just start with wherever you want, like a little bit of background on how you got to where you are today. There's a lot of things that I'm curious about, but we can kind of go wherever you want. Right, I mean, you, you said some things, I mean, um, uh,
1: let's start, like when I was 19, I, was, I, I felt a very strong calling to meditate, and I, and I did it uh, every day from that day on, and, um, and it really gave me some, like I started, I started to study medicine, went to med school at that time, and, and it somehow gave me like a very good inner space, let's say. And then when I was 26, then I left my studies and I had such a strong feeling in order to find really kind of my path, I I need a kind of a time out. And then I, uh, at the end, I didn't know that it's gonna be four years at that time, but eventually I ended up four years meditating a lot, like really a lot, and I, I kind of explored, like levels of human consciousness. And it was a very important time. Of course, my family at the beginning, as many people were concerned <laughs> about my departure. And uh, but and every time somebody asked me, well, what are you doing? I mean just sitting around and, and then I said, Yeah, but I'm studying. It's kind of a different kind of studying. And um eventually I had a very big opening experience at the end of these four years. And then and then I came back to Vienna and I um I just basically sat for another year in an apartment, meditated a lot and saw a few people. And, um, and then, uh, like another spiritual teacher came to town and one lady that, that saw me can kind of invited me and so that teacher, Paulo, um, kind of saw me and he, and he said some things about me and then people invited me to give workshops. And then, and then my life changed radically from uh, being completely silent and quiet and kind of very laid back i i started to travel just with a suitcase and a computer bag for 4 years like i had out uh, of very different four years i traveled all around the world worked with uh, many many people and um and uh, and gave lots of retreats and uh, and learned a lot how to it's kind of it it um, it was the um, in a way, another study time, but in uh, kind of to ground my experience of these four years in the world and then, after some time, I thought so now um, it's time to to develop this academy. I wanted to work on a much more committed base and 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 find a way how to bring the two sides that really kind of I feel passionate about, which is science and, uh, and also the inner science, as I call it, like the core of the wisdom traditions, which is for me, the mystical work is, is the true, the true awake consciousness within the wisdom traditions. And so, and, and then we said, okay, and in the meanwhile, now it's 2018, and now we have already, with six universities, we're doing PhD programs. Um, um, for people that want to, that have a deep inner practice and they want to kind of combine their PhD and scientific research with a kind of inner development, neuroscience, psychology, social studies. We do a lot of stuff on collective trauma, um, which became, in a way, my kind of one of my main research topics because I think that the next level of understanding health is in that which we all have been born into which is a kind of the collective trauma field and you find it all over the world. And my wife and I, um, we found, co-founded in two years ago, um, like a nonprofit organization, it's called the Pocket Project. And so now we are doing worldwide, we, we have people from many, many countries around the world working on what is collective trauma? How does it affect us? What are new ways how we can work on a much larger scale with trauma fields than one-on-one setups so that's that's a kind of a a quick fast forward movement through throughout the last 15 years or 20 years basically mm-hmm.
0: amazing yeah and and okay so you've done the four-year meditation you continue to meditate but you've got a science background and then so you start to explore mysticism ancient traditions and you've basically been putting those two together um, and you also have a festival coming up that you're, you've um, just decided to put together. Like, what what was the reasoning for putting that? What do you hope to bring bring forward? It's more of the collective trauma idea.
1: Yeah. So first of all, that
0: festival uh, we did
1: fourteen of them already in Germany.
0: Oh, wow!
1: It, it's it exists here. Yeah. Celebrate life exists. Uh, it's, it's we did fourteen festivals in Germany, and now it's the first year that we bring it to the US. It um, we have, last year we had around 1,400 participants. It's kind of a big festival. We always choose a different, um, a different topic. People from all over the world come. We, we invite uh, speakers, like good speakers that I really trust or appreciate their work. And then we explore different topics. And this year it's about fragmentation. How, how we see cultural fragmentation, how we, how we deal with our own inner fragmentation, how we project this outwards, and and you know we see lots of polarization right now in the world, and and I think that that's a, like from the personal to the collective development, that's a very important topic. So because in our own inner fractures, we we tend to project a lot of stuff onto other people, onto governments, onto society, onto also in kind of racial questions and so we want to have a look at this at this whole topic and also one one day we will dedicate one one and a half days to like, to explore what is the collective trauma layer in the US and 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 how can we learn more about it and how does it affect us individually and culturally and so celebrate life is always cool because it brings people that are it's a kind of a co-creation of many culturally creative people, people that have a kind of a spiritual practice, that are interested in their own growth and development as human beings, and and that also want to make a contribution. So how do we use our our spiritual practice not to kind of bypass our worldly difficulties, but how can we make it our kind of resource of power in, in in really being in the world? So that's our that's our kind of topic basically this year yeah and there will be artists and and other speakers and a whole community event yeah
0: that's amazing well i'm a huge festival fan myself so if i can make it i'll definitely show up and
1: yeah you're welcome where is it Uh, at omega uh, omega new york yeah omega the omega center
0: all right. Yeah, if I can, um, if I can make it, I'll be there. Well, when when I go to the festivals with my friends, you know, a lot of people will will see, um, you know, they think it's like a drug culture or um, whatever the case is. And, and although that can be a part of it, the way that I see transformational festivals is there's a lot of consciousness, a lot of workshops, a lot of speakers, and there's a lot of uh, intentional thinking, brainstorming collaboration. And so, you know, I'm a huge fan of it myself. So I'm glad you're bringing it um here to explore because those topics and those speakers are are really important for us to to talk about a lot of these things that we're not talking about um do you want to go into a little bit which, which i'm curious about is like what is some of your timeless wisdom training like these when you're going into mysticism and things um what did you bring out of that 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 the everyday person can start to apply to their to their lives to start to get some of these benefits. Um, and then maybe if you wanna go into how they merge with science, you can, you can go for that too. Right, so mysticism, again,
1: let's, let's define mysticism because mysticism is a word where many people might have different associations with. And, and when I talk about mysticisms, I'm talking about the, the big wisdom traditions like Judaism or Buddhism or Taoism or Islam. Islam or you know Christianity, they're like they're a religious framework. But within that religious framework, there's a kind of there there are some people that really have some deep consciousness insights. And I think the the writings it's like a it's, it's like a cable through space time. So there are five thousand years of a tradition, and inside from master to student from master to student, there there was a kind of an awake consciousness. And then there are lots of interpretations. Usually people argue and even create wars around the interpretations, but inside there is something completely different. There was the original message is actually very beautiful and actually very similar in all the big traditions. So I believe that the real masters of the different traditions, they don't argue because they realize like similar layers of consciousness. And there are descriptions, and there, there are lots of there's a lot of knowledge about human development, and so when we look at science like medicine, psychology, so we we also have a lot of scientific knowledge about human development, childhood development, attachment processes, trauma, and and I believe bringing those two together, and and having them have a dialogue, like what is what is the what can we find out together. I think is a very interesting um, process. And I believe deeply that when we harvest, because there were very serious people that gave their whole lives to explore, like it's even a scientific exploration to explore life through a contemplative path. And so there are other scientific uh, experiments that are standardized in, 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 in outer science, as we call it. And so when we bring those two together, not to convince each other, but to have a dialogue with each other, and to find out what are similarities. How can we learn from each other, and how can we develop something together that is meaningful for humanity and for cultural evolution? And so, so when we when we listen to to the traditions, I mean, thousands of years of people having deep insights and writing them down. So we have lots of maps and. Uh, Kind of a lot of knowledge, how human consciousness is composed or being created, and so when we bring this together, for example, with with trauma knowledge, with education, with childhood development, I think there's a there's a very rich conversation that we can have, and um, so we are facilitating that conversation, and um, <clears throat> and so when we when we see, for example, when we as as grown-ups we like life is flowing through us. And when we say life is sacred, it means that the, 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 that the innermost aspect of life holds a lot of, it, it has been passed on over thousands of years. When you look, just your parents and your grandparents and your grandparents, you're standing on a huge tree of life. And that's why I think that sometimes we think of our bodies, for example, as, as oh, you know, it's my body. It's kind of 20, 30, 40, 50, whatever years old. And I'd say, no, your body is hundreds of thousands of years old. You know, in your body, it's a, it's a refined biocomputer that life worked on for a very long time. Our nervous systems are very, very refined. You know, many, many lifetimes led up to us having this conversation. And so many structures from being like a, a cell up to plants and animals and humans and like the whole evolution is sitting here and then having this conversation and so i believe when we a lot of the mystical practice was to uncover that our nervous systems and our bodies and our consciousness is much more refined than we often think and we are often lacking as i don't know i didn't have when i went to school high school and university i didn't have kind of mystical teachers that told me about the, the, the amazing capacities that my nervous system has. So I needed to find out by myself. I needed to read many books, go to workshops, you know, have a four-year meditation retreat to to satisfy the kind of my spiritual intelligence. And so I think there are many kids in our education system. It's much easier to go to a baseball or a basketball club than to have a kind of a spiritual uh, enrichment or kind of a people that can teach us. And so, and it's just for the kids that are interested, but the ones that are interested need some food in order to grow their capacities. And so that's, that's in a way what, what we are also doing that we, are look, that we look, okay, what, are the, what is the knowledge that, that the mystical and the, the wisdom traditions hold for us, and how can we apply it in education? So a friend of mine started in, in Germany, He's a, he was the head of a university and he started with the government in Germany, like education programs, and also as a civil society movement, the whole new wave of, of education, like potential-based education, to go from knowledge-based education to potential-based education. And, and also in the whole healing work, there's a lot of, there's a lot of knowledge about healing, how how like intelligence and and information flows through our body and what happens if it's blocked and what happens if it's uh, stuck or traumatized and so there are many and also how social uh, societies are basically agreements on certain values and those values are sometimes conscious values but those values are also sometimes trauma values they are not conscious structures they are unconscious structures and then because we have been born into all of it you know we have learned oh that's normal and and until we find out maybe it's not normal maybe for example if somebody says oh i'm afraid to take an exam at the university and then another person says oh yeah i also know the fear when i had exams i also was afraid so we make it normal and i'd say the fear that you feel has nothing to do with your exam The fear that you feel has something to do with your past. So the past that we carry often overshadows our current experience, and then we make it about this experience. And so that can become easily a normal structure. Or, for example, strangers. People people might say, oh, a person that I don't know is a stranger. And another person, yes, I also know strangers. So a stranger becomes a kind of, as if, that was something real in fact the stranger it doesn't happen out there it's not a person that i don't know it's a kind of an evolutionary process in me i project that onto you and i look at you with more distance more careful like until we get to know each other what is the process of getting to know each other what is that so I think if we examine it, you say, oh, yeah, I, I go through a whole cascade of feelings and body sensations and thoughts until, you know, many of my close friends, they were strangers one day, and now they are my closest friends. Why? Well, what happened from being a stranger to being a friend? And I think if we examine the things in our society that we take for granted as if they were givens, like this is the way it is, we find out many things that are not just normal. And some of it, I believe, are trauma agreements. And those trauma agreements are actually not supporting health. They're not supporting expression. They're not supporting, like, a joyful co creativity. They're actually often limiting factors. And that's why I, I deeply think that, the, that this whole collect, unseen collective trauma layer is like a ghost in the machine. And we see now, for example, we like humanity is responding way too slowly to climate change. So the, the, the individual or the culture is not able to respond appropriately to the environmental challenge. And I believe one part of it is that we, the trauma doesn't wanna change. Trauma is afraid to change. And that's why we, we, we simply create a delay and usually those delays create more of the same. So, yeah, these are just a few things. I mean, I could go on for hours now. (laughs) These are just a few.
0: (laughs) Perfect. Well, as you're sharing that, I I was kind of writing down a lot of questions. Um, And all of that is fantastic. I I definitely agree. I was curious about, you know, let's say somebody is walking the path um, of, say, spiritual intelligence. And I like that term. There's a lot out there. It can get confusing. Um, You know, do I meditate? Is it chakras? Is it crystals? Uh, Is it? aliens is it um channeling we get a little bit lost and i think that it's really beautiful when you think about how you would teach this to a kid because then it has to be honest you know what i mean when you're teaching it to a kid and you care about that that individual it has to be an honest teaching so i was just curious from from your research Um, you know, what have you noticed around maybe principles or belief systems or structures that that you share and try to empower people with? Maybe it's like the eightfold path of Buddhism, which I really like. It's a clear, defined structure. Or these people that you're around working with, you know, the uh, um, like Ken Wilber and um, the Nobel Prize nominee, you know, what do you see in their character and their habits that you would empower either the youth with or an individual so they can start walking the path and, and have some principles and ideas to begin right. exploring. Yeah, I think the, the best
1: teaching for me is kind of a mutual inquiry. So which means is that we are not, we are not conveying belief systems. We are looking, okay, in a, in a, as you said, a very honest inquiry, what do we find out together? And so usually, like, the spiritual practice has, I believe, two, um, multiple things, but let's say, talk about two. One is it brings you closer to yourself, so, which means it's, it's something that, that creates intimacy between you and yourself first, like your healthy self-connection. But through that, it connects you through you to the depth of who you are, So, which means through presencing, through mindfulness practices through inner connection through also integration processes we become we feel ourselves again more because often the fragmentation is that our mental activity our emotional and physical activity are not anymore aligned they're often kind of fragmented so that our mind sometimes racing we think should i do this or that which often means i don't feel my life anymore and so if we in the like when when we integrate ourselves inside, so we come back more and more to our authentic rhythm, to a healthy feeling of ourselves. I mean, there are so many books about nutrition, but many of them just say that we don't feel what we need to eat, so that that, that we that we start to be disconnected from our bodies, and especially in a time where kind of scientific work, studying technology, big cities. Like there are many temptations to actually help us to get more disembodied. And, and one practice is to actually become more embodied. So that's one thing. Then another sign for a healthy spirituality is that it doesn't take us out of it, except you wanna go into a cave. So there are people that, that really want to study in the Himalayan mountains, and for them it's good. But for most of us, we live in culture. So the spiritual practice should actually equip us with more capacities to face our lives and to make a meaningful contribution to life. And so that that every one of us is being supported by a healthy community in in our highest expression. So that I am interested in your highest expression and you are interested in my highest expression is that we create a culture that is potential oriented, that is open to inquire it doesn't have pre-formed fixed ideas but is actually is open-minded and has the willingness to find out in order to oh that's how it is or to be right and also at the same time if we want to practice something like you you wouldn't wanna have your neighbor find a knife in the kitchen and say okay from today on i'm a surgeon you know, no, you're not a surgeon and you're not going to do operations. If you want to become a surgeon, so you study medicine, you you learn it. And after 20 years, maybe you're going to be a great surgeon. And in the spiritual practice, it's a bit like that also, that we play meditation, contemplation, prayer. They're, they're deep practices. And it's not just you do half a year of meditation, you're going to be enlightened. It's I mean, maybe that happens for one or two people, but for most of us, it's a... It's a deepening practice. It makes our life deeper, more connected, embracing more of life, you know, being more of an inherent part of life. And also, I often say our deepest humanity is our highest possibility. It also makes us more open and vulnerable, kind of open-hearted human beings. And so when we, the combination of becoming more and more open and of engaged in the world. And I like the, the, the English term responsibility, like the ability to respond to our life basically to ourselves and to our environment. And the kind of a and that ability to respond naturally creates responsibility, which also means for many of us we become parents that parenting and providing for the next generation a responsible like circumstance and and to practice an intimate relationship to practice at work so that that all our life actually becomes part of a more conscious way of living and um so when we are more connected and then from from that healthy base we can also explore like higher more transpersonal layers of consciousness that are not so common and they need sometimes also kind of protected spaces where we can practice like retreats or like places where we can go deep and we also have the time to go deep without being disturbed in our daily life so i think a good combination is good but i think a a good sign for a healthy spiritual practice is that it makes us become more loving compassionate and clear human beings that are less afraid to be in life and that are more engaged and that's why we also Naturally, take care of the, the challenges and the issues that come along our path. And I, I simply believe if every one of us takes care just of the issues that we meet in, in life, then all together we are like an orchestra. But if many people don't take their challenges in life on, you know, it stays with a few, and then the whole system gets out of balance. And um, so, I mean, these are a few components maybe about spiritual practice that I think. I, healthy signs the unhealthy signs would be that we that we just need to be more conscious people because all the unconscious people you know they they, they disturb us and uh, and that i cannot have any noise and everything needs to be quiet and like so that that i that i pull away from life more and more and and that's a sign actually that i'm not that's not a valid practice for people that live in culture and, and because of the fact that we imported some practices, especially from the Far East, I mean, there are many very good practices, but some of them have been designed for monasteries. Some of them have been designed for yogis in the Himalayan mountains. And, and we cannot just take them and apply them because they make us more airy. They, they, they support, actually, if we don't have a good practice to integrate our shadows as well, then, then we feel more and more imbalanced in our life and, uh, and I think that's a, an unhealthy sign when we practice spiritual practice. So how can it be integrated into our life without
0: losing its power? Yeah. Awesome. I love all that. I totally agree. And, and I like how it's uh, really grounded, you know, it's, uh, it's practical, it's simple, and it's finding your own path, doing your own work and, and um, you know, taking the responsibility with yourself. So I wanted to ask, because we've touched on this a little bit. Um, I think that a lot of people are unconscious of what you say, like the collective trauma or something, or even, um, for example, Plato's cave is such an amazing analogy where these cave people are, are um, chained to a wall, but there's uh, shadows on the wall and they believe them to be real. And I think that that is a way to interpret the collective shadow where if you can think of it as like your sports team, you know, if you grow up in Los Angeles, you probably like the Lakers. If you grow up in New York um, you probably like uh, the Dodgers or, you know, the Yankees or whatever the case is. And so that's kind of like your unconscious thing that's conscious coming from family community um and the collective around you and then we have we could scale out to planetary collective and this if we scale out to planetary collective and you take a look at it it's like holy crap a lot of people are getting shot right in the face and this has been happening for a long time. We have just been murdering each other. This is our human history is terrible. And um you know I've kind of said it like at Burning Man a couple of times. I really like scale out there is like if ETs came here, they would stay in their ships They would not come down to be like, oh, my God, look at that. You know, they got these advanced weapons. They even got teams of people. You'd be like, yo, Doug, they've got teams of people that will work as a unit to mess you up, you know, and like it's it's gnarly. And so I think that a lot of this stuff that we're not even consciously aware of is affecting us right? And how we treat our neighbors, how we uh, interact at the grocery store, how inspired we are to step out and communicate about these things. You know, um, if you're in certain parts of the world, you can talk about meditation or consciousness or um, spiritual practices, you're woo-woo weirdo. And so I guess I would ask you, in a, um, how would you recommend somebody going through their own process, kind of being able to identify some of this Uh, either collective trauma or say family trauma or just personal direct trauma Um, going through that and and what would you recommend or like to see in an ideal world for healing a global humanity and ultimately coming to a space where we are a peaceful planet we do respect each other we we live in a planet in a world that makes sense and we collaborate and it's peaceful and people aren't dying and there's no you know weapons kill each other by the masses yeah beautiful
1: first of all i like your deep thoughts and i'm happy that you're thinking about all of this it's great i love it and um yeah i think i mean the easier part i mean they're not easier part in the experience but the easier part to relate to is if something traumatizing happened in my own life because then i i have a kind of an address in myself can say, oh, with five years or I got bullied at school or whatever, but I, I, I have a kind of a location. But last year's at, uh, festival, I, I invited um, a speaker, she is a professor for epigenetics, and she already has, like she, proved, like, she has proven already that, the, that um, traumatized mice pass on through sperm cells, like epigenetic changes, that create the same symptoms in the following generation. So if you follow it five generations, you have the same symptoms. If you don't treat the mice, like the kind of therapy, they they will have the same symptoms, the same trauma symptoms, although they didn't have any kind of attachment trauma in in their own life. So, and so this means, and there's more and more research coming out recently that says that, that there are epigenetic changes. So when we get traumatized, so we pass part of this trauma, not only through psychological and social and family environments onto our kids, but also literally through the body. It's in every cell of our body. And that, that also means that, um, first of all, I might have symptoms in my life like anxieties or psychological imbalances or physical symptoms that that, that i cannot relate directly to an event in my life and then and then we might be confused to say yeah but i you know i didn't have such a strong trauma in my life yeah but it also doesn't have to be because these predispositions are being passed on it's like waves throughout the generations trauma waves through space-time and so that's one thing and the other thing because i worked a lot um in Europe and also in Germany, and I currently live in Israel. So, I, through my my early work in Germany, I, I got exposed to some some kind of eruptions that happened in my groups, where collective trauma material suddenly came up in many people. So suddenly, thirty, forty people started to cry, and they saw terrible images from the Second World War, the Holocaust, and and after it happened again and again and again, I started to research this. I said, "Oh, life's telling me something here that I need to look at this." And then I, I more and more learned a lot about it. I did some big events for collective trauma integration before we founded this, um, this nonprofit association, and I, I learned a lot about this dynamic. So I did many many groups uh, with collective trauma work, and in order to understand and also learn more about the dynamics and. And what I have seen is that, that there is like, it's, it's, for me, it looks like, like a lake underneath our culture, our cities, there's a lot of information, unconscious information, like the Holocaust. Like when we go into the spiritual traditions, for example, there's a word karma. Many people use the word karma, but what does karma mean? Karma means kind of a postponing of experience, which means if I experience something, let's say we get into an argument now here online, and we really start a fight. And then we, we turn off our computers and then you're kind of pissed, I'm pissed. And, like, and I walk around for half an hour, I need to go to my group, but I'm not fully present with my group because I am still thinking about you and how could you say this and blah, blah. And so the time that it takes to digest that experience is in a way what I call after time. It's the time that it takes to digest what couldn't be solved here online between us. And many people, when they have a relationship fight, when they go to work, they spend maybe half a day thinking about their partner, not about their work. So their their processor, their inner processor is not really present in where they are. We are not present with the circumstances. We are kind of disturbed. So when, That's what I call a carry-on luggage. You take a carry-on luggage from one plane to another. And so from one moment, I take energy and the Zen, the Enzo, the Zen circle, is like energy needs to fulfill itself in in order to return into peace. So that's true for every moment, but it's also true for something like the Holocaust. It's a huge impact onto humanity. And, And that's not just half an hour. That's generations being busy with digesting an experience of a few years that has a, an, an amazing impact on millions of people, millions of people suffering. So if you were to show the after effects of wars, it's not just what happens in, in that period is terrible, but if you see what it, like it generates, like now the war in Syria, Has so many atrocities that will keep humanity busy for generations. It will take us generations to digest the after effects and the damage that has been created. And I think if we see that and we see the magnitude of war and how it impacts many, many generations of suffering, of all kinds of imbalances and difficulties, that we often call individual problems, but they are not that individual. They go back into a whole net of trauma, as you said, that over thousands of years we did this stuff. We tortured each other, we killed each other, like many terrible things. And and that's why I I think we like we learned in the last hundred fifty years after Freud, uh, we learned a lot uh, about individual psychology, individual process work. We learned a lot about trauma. And and I believe now we are kind of on a threshold to expand our collective capacities, like that we can develop tools for much bigger chunks of it and learn how to work with it through large group processes. Because of the internet, we are much more connected. I mean, just that we can have this conversation now has a huge technology base in the background and, and that very technology is kind of an externalized brain. And that externalized brain gives us a reflection, a capacity to reflect ourselves. When you hear how people, what people say about AI, you can see it's like AI is kind of the alien that we needed to that, that can land on the planet. As you said, something landed here, and then we have suddenly another, and what humans usually do when there is another, we project a lot of stuff onto it. So all the terrible things that AI can do to us is all the terrible things that we did to ourselves or to others, like to animals, to plants, to ourselves as humanity. So we project all our evil nature onto AI and then we are afraid of it. But that's a classical, like every psychologist with a, with a client would say, okay, let's have a look at this. So if we are clever now, we can take this projection back to us and we can really learn something about humanity's nature. And then maybe we would also develop technologies out of a different motivation, because it comes from a much cleaner motivation and we wouldn't need to go through a traumatic cycle. And, and I believe, as you said, that, that, uh, that the collective trauma field, because it's unconscious, we often experience it either through symptoms, irritations, or outward projections. And, and that can help us to learn to work with it, to say, wow, for example, I had recently a very strong collective trauma process on colonialism, and it's amazing how much pain in, uh, in certain parts of the world is still stored around colonialism. Part of our wealth in the West is, because of, is built on blood and pain. And and that's something that will need to balance itself in a in a global world i mean as long as we could put it there wherever there was hopefully it was far away like same what we did with the trash we put it somewhere now the the toxic stuff comes closer and closer back to us and we see there's no there anymore in a in a unified global world like now we need to take care of this world because we have no not enough space anymore to, to dump our waste, our psychological waste and also our, our real waste. And, and that's why I think now we are coming into kind of a crisis that forces us to really look at ourselves. And on the other hand, you see many people like us here that we, that we are exploring how consciousness can, like a higher consciousness, a higher awareness and a kind of an inner process work can transform us into kind of more embracing and conscious people. And that we don't have to go just through the experience of suffering in order to change. We can, we can change voluntarily. So the other side is that many people do some consciousness work around the world. And, and that's also speaking up. But I think the whole tech development and the whole environmental development are, are two very strong um, change impulses that we have to go through and and i just hope that we have enough uh, present and conscious people if if times get rockier which means that the uh, climate change and the tech change in, in society this will hugely change the societal structures that we have at the moment that there are on the other hand also enough people that in change can be creative present and and you know, further new developments that will help us to create different society so i think that's that's the hope for now
0: beautiful man um all right where do i begin with that there's a there's a lot of great things you said the first thing that made me think about was being stuck in the fear state so back in the day when there's a saber-toothed tiger you know we look and there's a saber-toothed tiger and then we got to remember that we got to watch out for that thing but what's happening now you know and i guess animals they um they go into the fight or flight and then they stop once the danger is done and they the deer runs away or whatever then they go back into a natural state and what i think that's happening collectively is we're stuck in a fear state and if you kind of just take a little bit of a, a mental inventory of what you're receiving each day as far as input and you kind of divide it between like the fear that's being projected onto you around uh, culture, TV, you know, and this counts for the TV shows you watch that are entertainment, whether people are getting murdered in it and things like that. You know, we wake up and we have our bodies here as its own intelligence and it's looking around and, and all the external things, your TV, which it doesn't, it's not really registering is not real, um, is creating these sensors in these, um, activations in the body. And it's like, holy shit, man, you got to watch out because outside is dangerous. You know, you got to watch out for your neighbor. And I think that we're perpetually stuck there. And we can't get into our natural state, which is coherence, which is imagination, which is building, which is um, self exploration, which could even lead to exploring the stars, but you have to first not be afraid of your neighbor. And when we're talking about the collective consciousness, um, Roger Nelson was on the podcast from uh, the Global Consciousness Institute. And uh, Dean Raiden's going to come on actually next week, I think. And um, they were just measuring global consciousness as how a collective of people can influence, um, are, are connected through random number generators, which is really fascinating. Um, and then when you're talking about AI as a reflection, you know, where we always project the issue onto AI, uh, Mo Gaudet, who is the former chief business officer at Google X, is now on a mission to do one billion happy. And, uh, you know, he talks about AI very specifically in his video, saying, look, you know, if this AI is learning from us, we need to figure this out because what is it learning? And this is a very critical point in human history, I think individually and collectively. Um, so the question that I kind of wanted to pose was, do you you know going down the science route in into um, all these different avenues have you seen studies or are there certain research that you've seen that that give you hope for humanity moving in a more positive direction are you more hopeful for where we can go and you know what are you most inspired about for you know each individual or what we're capable of as a humanity. All right, guys, I hope that you enjoyed part one with Thomas. He's truly extraordinary. What a just amazing person. His work is extraordinary. So please check out all his work and everything that he is doing Thank you guys for supporting the podcast. If you want to support the podcast, please take an action and just go to patreon.com forward slash Matt Belair now and uh, just chip in a buck in the bucket. It goes a really long way. Uh, helps me do my thing. So it's a great way to support the show if you like it. Um, share the show with your friends. Talk about it. But the most important thing that you can do always is one act of kindness for somebody else. So if you want to support the show, you want to support what you're learning here and these guests and honor um, this information coming your way do the action. So if you want to take an action and do one act of kindness, if you want to take an action and support the podcast and um, on Patreon or with a share, all of that action is really what helps. Get this message out there. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to be more loving and kind to ourselves and compassionate to ourselves and loving and kind to our neighbors and to our community. And that's where we can make a difference. Um, for those of you guys who are interested in coaching, you don't need to be intimidated. We don't have to be working on the craziest thing. Really, what I help people do is overcome limiting beliefs and blocks, help them identify what their passion is, You know what what their dream is, what they, what they want to do in life, um, overcome all those things of like, I'm not good enough you know all that crap um, and just move towards uh, a life that is more fulfilling to you and it's a process and I can help very clearly with that and also those of you out there really high level CEOs business owners and you just want to dive deeper into all of this stuff and you want to know the tools that I use that my guests use that really work for expanding consciousness for improving performance for having more peace and less stress I'm happy to help with that as well and you just go to mattbellier.com forward slash coaching send an email to matt at zenathlete.com and for those of you guys who want me to speak that's been happening here and there with the book clubs and things like that just reach out I am accessible so just reach out um say hello and we'll start a dialogue um and that is it thank you so much to my sponsors go check them out uh get free stuff at both of them bit.ly forward slash gamma waves for sync tuition you want three of those tracks trust me they're epic and bit.ly forward slash activate health to get a 50 dollars gift card to use on whatever you want on purium premium health products um you know organic non-gmo all the real business so go check them out um Sign up for the email list at MattBelayer.com. You know, stay in touch. i got to write more emails to you because I have not been doing that. And uh, that's it. So before we go, I'm just going to invite you to a state to, into a state of peace and coherence. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, just decide to come to a state of peace and coherence and gratitude. Taking a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath. And just let it out slowly with all the cares and all the worries of the day. Take in another deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and just let it out with all the cares and all the worries of the day. Just relaxing even deeper now, feeling grateful and content and peaceful taking another deep breath in through your nose, and this time really feeling gratitude. And I want you to send out love and compassion and gratitude and support to all beings on the earth, everyone. Just seeing this energy going out to all the podcast listeners, to all your friends, your family, your enemies, and all to the entire world. And I'm sending you all of my love, my support, my encouragement, my energy. Um, Anything that I can offer you energetically is all yours. Um, my friend, my fellow human being on the planet and just see all this energy touching every single human, every single piece of life on the planet coming back to you magnified a million fold and just let this energy into your heart and just accept this loving, grateful, powerful energy that we are all connected, that you are a part of all of this and that what you do makes a difference, that you are whole, complete, coherent, harmonious, just as you are. So thank you so much for coming along in another episode. I love and I appreciate you. I hope that wherever you are in the world that you are doing well, that you feel supported, that you know that spirit is on your side and that you have all the power to get through anything that you need. Um, So tons and tons of love and support and have an amazing day and I'll see you in part two.